brings me into this Black History Month. Short month. Short, short, short. Short but sweet, but like I said, there you go. Like I said earlier, <laughs> you, know, you know, we celebrate Black History every day. Every day. All right, we're going to go ahead on and get started out of the service this morning. We ask that you all join in with us here and let us have a marvelous day. Yes, Lord. Yes. It's such a wonderful day. Thank you. This morning. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Day that the Lord has created for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And I shall rejoice. Praise Be glad in Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus on the main line.
And Lord God, we just want to thank you. Lord God, we just start by to praise your holy your name. name. Yes. Your name. Knowing that you got all power all in your hands. Lord God, you got earthly power. Yes. You got heavenly power. Yes, Lord. Yes. Lord God, you got all power all in your power. hands. Yes. And Lord God, you can do everything but fail. Yes. Lord God, we just want to thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thanking you, O Heavenly Father, for your goodness.
praise. Because you got all power in your hands. And Lord God, you can do everything but fail. Look down on us, Lord. Name by name and house by house. Lord God, look in on it. Yes, Lord. My ways and highways. Let your will be done, Lord. Don't trust in you and everything will be all right. Lord God, we'll be so careful. Yes, Lord. So careful. Yes. To give you all the honor and glory and the praise. Yes, Lord. So please know you're able. Yes, Lord. You're able to do everything but faith. Yes, Lord. Oh, God, you brought us from a mighty, mighty long yes, way. Going around all her honey's name from yonder to here. Lord God, we just want to thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you already done, Lord. Thank you for what you're getting ready to do. Yes. This is preaching man of the word this morning. Yes. Let us hear from you in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Be so careful and so kind to give you all the honor. Yes, Lord. Go in praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you.
in our devotion. I actually got a question. Have you all really looked at that hymn that we do, A Charge to Teach? Yes, yes, no. Yes. That is a powerful hymn. Yes, it is. Yes, that is one of the soul searching hymns. Yes, sir. God gave his only begotten Wow, wow. Whosoever. Yes. So then we would have to have that right. Yes, sir. Can't help but tell him thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as Jesus said, don't you let nobody. Nobody. Turn you around. Turn you around. Amen. This is going to bring the end to our devotion to service, but not to the end of our praise. Thank you, Lord. I ask that you all pray for our pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. 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 Let us flow from the devotion right into the doxology. Go ahead. Praise God from whom all blessings shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish.
shut in, and of course, the bereaved in prayer as well. Thank you, thank you. Amen. Yeah. I want to remind you that our church will be celebrating its 58th anniversary Sunday, March 17th. So as usual, we ask all of the family members to donate $1 per year. So this year will be $58 toward our church anniversary. So just start putting your dollars aside now and turning them into finance so you can get the proper credit. And we are expecting you to be here with us, the Doors Will, March 17th, as we celebrate this church's 58th anniversary. Amen. Amen. Well, I've got some good news for you this morning, family. Amen. Oh, yes. Mother Teresa once said, it is not how much we do, but how much love we put in the doing. It is not how much we give, but how much love we put in the giving. Aren't you glad this morning, family, that God loved you so much? that he gave his only begotten oh, son, yeah. that if we only believe in him, well, we will not, we shall not perish, yeah. but we shall have everlasting yeah. life. Isn't that good news? Good. To God be the glory. We now turn it back over to the hands of the pulpit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Morrison. I have a question here. Weekly church announcements. Don't we have the installation of the offices of Seaboard this week? Yes, yes, on Friday. The installation of Seaboard. And that's to be held where and what time? Thank you, Dr. Jenkins. The installation service of our moderator-elect for Seaboard Missionary Baptist Association will be held on this Friday night at 7 p.m. at Friendship Missionary Baptist Church in Miami, Florida, where Dr. Gaston E. Smith is the pastor. Now, to those of you who can come, please drop in and share with us on this um, uh, extraordinary evening when Reverend Dr. Alfonso Jackson Jr. Sr. will be in. <laughs> installed as our eighth moderator of Seaboard Missionary Baptist Association. We look forward to those who can and those who will to join us all there. And we just want to announce also that, um, yes, I've been asked to serve again, and we have, um, uh, the moderator-elect has also asked Dr. Jenkins to become his chief advisor. So we are excited about that. So those of you who can come, please, Drop in with us. Thank you, thank you. At 7 p.m. at Friendship Missionary Baptist Church where Dr. Gaston Smith is pastor. That's in Miami. Oh, let's not miss that. I'm grateful to be able to uh, be at the installation of Dr. Alfonso Jackson, who I work with for 11 years in the state convention uh, under Dr. James B. Sampson. Dr. James B. Sampson was our president. Uh, Dr. Mayweather was our at-large. Uh, 
vice president at large, and I was the first vice president. Dr. Jackson was the second vice president. He's been moderator before, uh, I think after Dr. G. David Horton. And uh, of course, uh, uh, our president now in the state convention, Dr. Carl Johnson, uh, served the moderator then he appointed the guy to finish his uh, tenure. What was his name? McLeod. Dr. McLeod. Dr. McLeod. So now we got we have Dr. Jackson coming back uh, for four years. Amen. Amen. So the installation. I'm honored that he asked me to be his chief advisor. Whatever that is. <laughs> Just members. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Give us a song uh, as we prepare uh, for our altar prayer, please. Those of you that can and wish to stand, you can do that, or you can approach the altar to get a little closer, but God will be with you wherever you are, wherever we are.
loved us so much, oh God, you showed how much you love by being motivated to die at Calvary that we might have reconciliation. We know that even now, oh God, we have some trials and tribulations, but we know that you would never leave us. We ask for your rich blessings upon uh, each of us and on this nation in particular and this whole world. And we come before you acknowledging that we have sinned. And we know that you do not condone sin, but you will forgive sin when we repent. We reflect on the Psalm 51 when David says, Have mercy upon me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Create in me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. Purge me with hyssop. In other words, he said, Purge me of all of my uncleanness. Purge me of my sin. And he said something, Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. But we know that in this church age, God will not take his spirit away from his saints. Why? Because we are members of the body of Christ. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Keep us, guide us, give us healing of our body, our minds, and our souls. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our shepherd, and we ask that you would promote healing in him and bring him back to us. Thank you, O oh God, for the Lambert family that are grieving right now, and we ask that you give the best consolation that can be given directly from you. And we pray that the saints of God in our healing might move closer and closer together in love in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Reveal yourself to us each day in a greater measure of faith. Help us to recognize, as the word says, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but recognize that we can do nothing without you. We thank you, oh God, for the reasonable portion of health and strength that we have now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And before we ask for anything, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what we have. Thank you for what you are doing. And thank you by faith. We know what you will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have a black history. No, we're not going to do that. Let us look at the scripture, Malachi chapter 3. He asked the question as we prepare for our offering. He said, will a man rob God? That's verse 8. Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. 
you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. He was speaking to Israel, but now he's speaking to all of us. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. That's at least 10%. Bring all the tithes and 10% of the increase. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be, King James says, meat. New King James, that there may be food in my house. And try me or prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Listen to this. If, but that could also be translated, since I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. In other words, trust me, have faith in me. Amen. And the blessing will be overflowing yes. more than you need. Yes. More than you can receive. Amen. Bring all the time oh, into on. the storehouse. Yes. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
It'll set song. I won't do that prayer of consecration. I missed the pastor because he was here. He prayed for me before I preached, but I know that you all are praying in the pews. <laughs> and even the audience that's uh, on Facebook, uh, we pray for you and pray that you will continue to pray for all of us. Without God, I could do nothing. Without Him, I would fail. Without Him, my Be like a ship, like a ship without a sail. Without a doubt, He is my Savior, my strength. Without him, 
What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. It's a rhetorical question there that demands a negative answer. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul says, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? That's the question. Do we know that? Therefore, or in other words, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. You may be seated. With your prayers and the Lord's blessings, I want to reason with you today with the subject, God's righteousness revealed. God's righteousness revealed. I greet you in the name of our Christ and Acknowledge our pastor in his absence and our deacons, our officers, our deaconesses, our members and brothers and sisters in the name of our Christ. Pray that we might be on the same page, on the same wavelength yeah. as we look into God's word. Subject, God's righteousness revealed. I'm going to give you my three main points as I usually do now. First one is death to sin. 
death to sin. Two, alive to God. Alive to God. And point number three, sanctified in him. Death to sin, alive to God, sanctified in him. At the close of uh, Paul's third missionary journey, and scripture gives us three journeys that he made, so this would be his last missionary journey. And he was coming from Corinth, stayed at Ephesus and Corinth probably longer than any of the other churches. Ephesus seemed to have been his base. Uh, he went back and forth to Corinth because that was his most problematic church. But we look at the problems that Paul encountered particularly in Corinth, and we look at all of those vices that was in the church, we cringe, so to speak. But you know all those vices in the church today? Amen. We're still divided. lesson talk today, they were as the Jew, they were puffed up. What does that mean? They were arrogant. Thought too much of themselves. Corinth was a seaport and was a rich city. So they had plenty. You got to be careful when you give us plenty. I remember I had a member of our church in Pensacola. This lady used to pay tithe when she didn't make much money. But then when she got advanced and she was making an old money, she said, that's too much money to give the church. <laughs> so when we have plenty, you have to be careful. Cars had plenty. They had great spiritual gifts, many spiritual gifts, but they weren't using their spiritual gifts as God intended for them to use. Right. So from Corinth, at the close of Paul's third missionary journey, and that's in verse 16 here, it was between A.D. 57 and 58, and you also can find that in Acts chapter 20, verse 6. It was in the late winter or the early spring. 
Romans chapter 5, sometimes you have to look at a few verses in the chapter beforehand to really understand what's going on in the chapter. Verse 6, of chapter 6, we started off, what shall we say then? There's a reason why he said that. He had already said in verse 18 of chapter 5, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men. Resulting in justification of life. Uh -huh. Let me skip down to verse 20. Uh -huh. Moreover. Moreover uh -huh. In other words, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, uh, grace abounded yeah. much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Paul is saying, you know, I know some of you or some of us might say, well, since grace abounds uh -huh. when we sin and grace abounds more than sin abounds yeah. well, why don't we keep sin that's humanity yeah, right. so Paul says in the opening verse of chapter 6 what shall we say then uh -huh. shall we continue in sin that grace may abound Certainly not. Right. By all means, not. In other words, he make a comparison there between the life under the first Adam, Adam meaning man, and life under the second Adam, who was Jesus. In other words, he's saying that since Jesus came, since Jesus went to Calvary, since Jesus effected reconciliation, since Jesus, in that we were bound by sin, loosed us through faith in him. Shall we act the same way that we did? When we were bound by sin, we we're no longer bound by sin. Therefore, act like it. I said, how in the world were we loose? He said, we were baptized. In 
whenever we reckon that, that we were baptized, but before we was baptized in the spirit, we died at Calvary. We died with him. He became the ransom note. He paid the debt that we owed, but we couldn't pay. There's a type in the Old Testament of that when Abraham went up to Moriah yeah. to sacrifice Isaac like he was told. That's the type of Jesus. But even though Abraham had faith and was going to sacrifice Isaac, Jesus had a ram tied in the bush. That ram became the ransom note. That ram paid for the sins of the nation. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we talk about it. The prayers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were great men. Moses were great men. But none of them could be the ransom note. None of them could stand in the gap. If he had put me on the cross, you'd still be on your way to hell. If he had put Pastor Warren J. Clark on the cross, Deacon Cook, or Sister Morrison, or Sister Jenkins, we'd still be on our way to hell. Because not only did the sacrifice have to be human, listen to me now, not only did the sacrifice have to be human, the sacrifice had to be free of sin. That's why Philippians talk about how he emptied himself. He made himself no reputation. He didn't say that he would cease being God. He didn't cease being God. He took on chosen witnesses there. And he got tired. He got hungry. And then he eventually died. He didn't have to die. But he died to save us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So Romans chapter 5, verse 17 through 23, Paul makes a contrast between Adam and Christ. He pointed out a difference in the Greek. Much more, the scripture says. Verse 15. And a difference in kind. The difference in death and life. When we were bound by sin, we were spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. Walking around dead. But through Calvary, 
Christ, we have life. Since death reigned, verse 20, through that one man, Hebrews 2 and 15, as a result, it's also true that those who receive God's abundant provision, in other words, God gave us a provided righteousness. He didn't tell us, I want you to be righteous and I want you to go do dust and such. He provided righteousness yeah, because yeah. we couldn't earn it no way. Yeah. It's a free gift. Yeah. But it's not cheap. He died in Calvary. The vision of grace. What's grace? We say it's uh, unmerited favor, but what does that mean? Mean that God gave us something we didn't earn. That's right, that's right, yes. That's what grace is, simple as put. But he didn't just give us grace. Oh, praise his holy name. He gave us mercy. Yes. And mercy means that he held back some things that we deserve. You know, I look over my life. I'm 80 years old now. I'm so glad that he held back some stuff. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. We quote, I'm baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. Haven't seen in 20 years. <laughs> Just seeing when you told that lie. <laughs> Run around talking about I'm too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> and the devil having a field day in your life. <laughs> so acknowledge that we can do nothing without the Lord. He released us from sin. Take away this thorn in his flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 
Acts chapter 9, I believe. Lord wouldn't take it away. Uh-huh. But he let him know that his grace is sufficient. Yes, yes, yes. Lord, not gonna take away everything. Well, well. I asked him to take away this cancer. Yes. Uh-huh. This multiple myeloma. I didn't even know what it was when they told me I had it. Yes, yes. But his grace is sufficient. They told me four years ago, they've been treating me for four years, I've taken nine different chemos. But you know what? I'm still here. Sit me down here. Where my wife is from anyway. Didn't let me hang out at the casino. <laughs> let the pastor be humble enough. And mean to be humble enough to accept it. When he said, I want you to help me. Not only did I hear him say that, the president, Carl Johnson, said, the Lord didn't send you down here to sit around and retire, but to reflect to keep on preaching His holy word. Was the Lord good? Have you tried? Won't He bring you forth like pure gold? If you're ready today, say yes, yes. It's like a man walking 
with his child. And the child is holding daddy by the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the child is holding daddy by the hand, the child might turn him loose. But if daddy has the child by the hand, the daddy have you by him, So Paul said, even so, we walk in newness of life. Newness of life means we're different from what we were. We don't hang out in the street shooting dice anymore. We don't get drunk on Saturday and come back to church on Sunday morning. Talk about full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Spirit. What's the wrong Spirit? Now when John says in 1 John chapter 3 that he who abides in Christ will not sin We got to know that he doesn't mean that if we bow in Christ, we will commit no sin for the rest of our lives. Because we will sin, but we should sin less, not sin lessness, but don't sin as much. Because we're children of God. And look at that word repent. That's a serious word. Even Christians don't like to repent. Don't stab me in my back. Or don't let me stab you in the back. And hit you upside the head and say I'm sorry. And come back and do the same thing next week. That's not repentance. That's like robbing a bank. Tell the president of the bank, I'm sorry, but keep the money. The scripture talks about retribution. You know, pay back. What you owe. Uh-huh. Repent yeah. means to turn from evil and turn to God. Yeah. Not the left face, right face as the military do, but an about face when you turn all the way around. So John is saying that he's speaking in the absolute. But he's saying that if you abide in Christ, you've been regenerated and born again, you know who you are and who you are. You won't continue in the lifestyle of sin. 
you know, we get it mixed up sometimes. We talk about uh, reputation or can't think of the word right now. I'm trying to think of a person's uh, personality. We sometimes look at the surface and we think the personality is that grin you have on your face. And you say, oh, she has a beautiful personality. But what's her lifestyle? Personality is your total makeup. So when he says about not sinning, he's saying you want to have a lifestyle of sin. You'll be able to tell the difference in the sinner and the Christian because there is a difference in the sinner and the Christian because God has delivered the sinner and made a Christian out of them. You know, sometimes I hear people in the church saying, I'm a born-again sinner. That's a wrong statement. There's no such thing as a born-again sinner. Once you're born again, you're no longer a sinner. You're a Christian. A sinner don't mean you're not going to sin. Yes, yes. But it means that you're covered yes, yes. by faith through the Spirit of Christ, through His blood. Yes. We talked about dead to Christ dead to sin rather, alive to Christ, the third point is sanctification. Sanctification begins at the moment of salvation. It's a progressive thing. When you're born again, you're sanctified. I mean, you're set apart. God set us apart when you, and you're sanctified. But that's not the end of sanctification. Because the scripture teaches that Christians are being sanctified. What does that mean, Jenkins? Mean you're becoming more mature as you become more knowledgeable of him. So you're sanctified when you're born again, but you're still being sanctified, and ultimately you will be sanctified. The end of sanctification is glorification. Glorification. says in his epistle. We'll be like him. We'll see him as he is. 
is not just in heaven sitting at the right hand of power in the spirit. He left with a glorified body. And we will get a glorified body. We will be subject to the glorification at the end of sanctification when we are resurrected. I know we hear funerals and say, uh, my mama up there now in her glorified body. Mama's not up there now in no glorified body. Paul says absent from the body is present with the Lord. That means you're present with the Lord in the spirit. You don't get the glorified body until the general resurrection. First Thessalonians chapter 4 talks about that. It says the dead in Christ will rise first, starting at the 13th verse. Then he says, those of us that remain, those of that are alive, will be caught up to meet him in the air. They tell another lie. I said, well, uh, when I get my wings, I'm going to fly on up. Lord didn't say nothing about humanity getting no wings. Say we be caught up to meet the Lord in there. And we'll be in a glorified body. That's why I can say that in the eternal state, when they crown him King of Kings. And Lord of Lords, they won't do it till I get there. <laughs> yeah, I say to Mama and Daddy, you you beat me, leaving here going to be with Christ. But when they crown him Lord of Lords, King of Kings. They won't do it. Till I get there. Why? Because by one man's disobedience, sin abounded. That was Adam. But one man's obedience, Jesus' obedience, I can see in my mind him in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, if this cup can pass from me, nevertheless, not my will, thine will be done. As John said, he knew why he came in the first place. John the Baptist said, Behold the man of God who came to take away the sin of the world. And I see him marching up Via Del Rosa, beaten the night before. People mocking him. Even when they put him on the cross, saying he saved other people, why don't he come down and save himself. Jesus took time to save the thief on the cross that confessed
him. Said this day you will be with me in paradise. I know he died. And the indication that he died is they buried him. But I know that I live because all Sunday morning. He died. He died. Yes.
Father in heaven, we pray that you would uh, bless us and bless the food that we're about to receive. Help us to receive it graciously. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Let us each say, Amen. Amen.